1: Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
0: New England standing QB, Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown.
2: All right, what's up, everybody? This is a special emergency edition of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers pod. On the Blue Wire Podcast Network, my name is Chris Biederman. Uh, no Kyle Madsen. There was some big news in Kyle Madsen's life. He got engaged yesterday. Um, so that's that's a pretty big decision we could talk about, but instead we're going to talk about the 49ers' move to acquire the number three overall pick from the Miami Dolphins in really just one of the biggest trades maybe the team has ever made. Uh, so joining me is ESPN Zone Nick Wagner. Nick, what's going on? Boy, just trying to catch my breath a little
1: bit here. That was a uh, that was a, a wild sprint of a morning, but uh yeah, that w- <laughs> there's uh, plenty to talk about here, so I won't waste any time with usual bits and shtick that
2: that we like to get into. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it the trade is the 49ers acquired the number 3 pick from the Dolphins for number 12, um their next two first round picks in 2022 and 2023 and then a third round compensatory pick um in 2022 that I believe they're getting from uh, Martin Mayhew and Robert Sala getting hired as minority candidates in in um, GM and head coaching positions elsewhere, so it's essentially the 49ers giving up um, two future first round picks and a future third to move up nine spots in the draft. Um, Nick, what were your what were your first initial thoughts when you saw Adam Schefter uh, report that with his tweet this morning? You know, it's
1: funny. I I wasn't surprised
2: that they did it, right? I'm not surprised
1: that they made a big move. And I know you and I have talked about this a lot, and and maybe people won't believe us, but we've talked about this on your pod, maybe even last week when I was on.
2: Just the idea
1: that the Niners keeping so many of their own key free agents put them in a position to... Uh, be flexible and do kind of whatever they wanted to in the draft. And so I think once they got a lot of that business done, and I know Adam Schefter reported that they have been having these discussions for a few weeks, but it's no surprise that it all kind of came together after free agency, uh, that, they, that they went ahead and made a move like this because I think they're kind of uniquely positioned to do it. And so I wasn't surprised that they did it. I was, however, surprised by the cost. Uh, I, I didn't know that they would give up three first-rounders unless it was for an established guy like a certain guy in Houston, for example, uh, you know, something like that. But uh, So I was a little caught off guard by the price, uh, but I guess if you're going to go from 12 to 3, and I think there's only been three more instances in the common draft era in which a team has gone from, you know, 12th or lower up to as high as 3 or better, uh, if you're going to do that, obviously it's going to be a hefty cost, and I think we saw that with the Niners.
2: Yeah, so it's clear they're making a move for a quarterback, and and you know that's that's what everybody's reporting. There hasn't you know nobody said anything on the record. I think John Lynch might have hinted at that to Steve Weish, who was uh, who was in Provo at BYU's pro day, and it was inter- interesting too. Um, you know there was a Kevin Givens a uh, uh, arrest story, or I guess child uh, um, second degree assault charges filed against Kevin Givens, which I was writing about, and I look up on the screen and I'm watching Zach Wilson's pro day and they're talking about, Oh, John Lynch is there. And I'm like, well, John Lynch probably isn't like, he, he probably doesn't have a great reason to be there. He might just be showing face. And then literally five minutes later, the the trade news comes down. So yeah, I mean, the 49ers now are going to, are, are more than likely going to pick one of, you know, the top five quarterbacks in this class. And, and, it's interesting on a ton of different levels, right? Because now Kyle Shanahan is is addressing the quarterback issue um, that the team has and that it's not so much that they can't win with Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. It's that they can't rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to be healthy, and I, I think you agree with me on that. But what this does now is it creates a scenario where you potentially either keep Garoppolo in 2021 and groom a rookie um, for a season or maybe until the trade deadline, you have some flexibility in that way, or you just get the rookie and start him right away, um, and move on from Garoppolo. Now, uh, I know a lot of people think, and the, the winking, the winking meme is really popular on social media these days. And there, there's always, you know, a handful of coaches each off season that say, this is our quarterback right now. And then they end up moving off of that quarterback and people think that's what's going to happen here. I think there's a chance. I think if the Patriots or the Bears or somebody blows the 49ers doors off with a trade offer and maybe gives them a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, then I think they absolutely have to consider trading him. But I don't think the need for that cap space, which is something you pointed out in your story, um, or, or maybe, maybe your tweet, maybe both, I don't know. My, my head's spinning. But the 49ers don't absolutely need to move off from Jimmy Garoppolo's contract because there isn't much to spend that money on right now anyway. Right, like they they have about 20 million in cap space before the draft, which will probably leave them just over you know around 10 million in cap space after the draft, which is fine. But they're not you know they're not dying to offload Jimmy Garoppolo to open up cap space because there's no one really to fill that cap space anyway. So I think it's a it's a good move from the standpoint of now you have flexibility. Now if someone knocks your socks off with the Jimmy Garoppolo trade offer, then you can make that move and go in with with a talented quarterback, or you can do what the Chiefs did in 2017 and and what the Niners did back in 2011 when they drafted Colin Kaepernick in the second round and the Chiefs obviously traded up for Patrick Mahomes and groomed him under Alex Smith for a year before making him the full-time starter in year two. I think it's a good spot for the 49ers to be in. What What do you think uh the Kyle Shanahan's mindset is when it comes to trying to figure out just what the quarterback situation is going to be for 2021.
1: Yeah, I think you just touched on it uh, a little bit there and and it's interesting cuz you and I were exchanging texts trying to figure out uh when Kyle Shanahan said something uh, and, and I was I was already on top of it uh, this morning cuz I it, it's something I've written about a couple times this offseason just the idea that the 49ers could try to pull off something like the Chiefs did in 2017 with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. And in fact, if you go back to December, it was December twenty eighth, I believe, where Kyle Shanahan was asked just kind of about the backup plans behind Garoppolo, uh, for quarterback in the offseason. And unprompted, he brought up the Mahomes and Alex Smith situation. And and it's one that kind of stuck with my in my mind over the last couple of months of this is Something that would actually make a lot of sense for the 49ers, and as, as our friend Kyle, who obviously we're very happy for, and in, in Hawaii right now, <laughs> engaged has has brought up a few times. You know, there's never been a rookie quarterback who's even started a Super Bowl in the common era, let alone win one. So this is a 49ers team that still thinks it's a contender, and they believe that last year was an aberration, largely spurred by injuries. So. If the chances that they're going to take a rookie quarterback and throw him in as a starter right away um, aren't great. And I think it's possible, and, and you just hit on it, the idea that if you get an offer that's great for Garoppolo uh, right now and helps you uh, recoup some of the draft capital that you just gave up, you have to do it. I, I, we, we all know that. but. I don't know that they're going to get an offer like that just because of what his contract situation is. And the fact that, let's not forget, he has a no trade clause. So he has some say in this too. So if there was a team that did make that kind of offer that he didn't want to go to, he could put the kibosh on that. So I think Jimmy obviously kind of probably understands what the situation is. But he also has to know that, hey, this could still be a great opportunity for him. Because if he comes back and let's just say he plays at a level similar to what he did in 2019, his trade value is going to go up it would put him in a position probably to get a nice contract extension for any team that might want to trade for him. And it would put the Niners in a good position because now they have two options here. If, if for some reason they don't like whoever rookie, whatever rookie they would bring in, if they don't like what they see out of that person in, in year one, uh, they could still have an option to, to maybe still move that. You know, that, would, that would be unlikely, but I'm just playing out the different scenarios here. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I think it's a, it's a smart move on the Niners part because they are in a unique position to pull this off. And I don't think we've seen how bad they can be right under Kyle Shanahan. And -hmm. it's never been bad enough where they're going to be able to pick high enough to just draft a guy, right? Like this is, this is kind of as close as they figure they're probably going to get to that level. So let's take advantage of this opportunity, get up there and make our move where we don't have a bunch of other needs that we have to plug in via the draft.
2: Yeah, and and you look at, you know, the ramifications of giving up two future first-round picks is that well, now you're now it's going to be a little bit more difficult to plug certain holes on the roster with with a ready-made starter essentially, right? But you look at the 49ers roster and and the fact that they were able to bring back Trent Williams, I mean, the Trent Williams thing, you know, it it really could not have been more important. You can't overstate how important bringing back Trent Williams was because now it allows you all this flexibility to do moves like this because if they had if they didn't bring back Trent Williams, then okay, like they they have to find a left tackle somehow. And if they do view themselves as Super Bowl contenders, which I think is fair to say, then that they're gonna have to devote a significant resource to that left tackle, whether it's you know, maybe you have to trade for another one if you can't find one that you like in the draft. Or maybe you have to move up for Rashawn Slater. And then it takes away some of the flexibility you have to add a quarterback. But also in the long term it could be really beneficial for the 49ers from a financial standpoint, not only because you don't have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, 24 million or whatever it is over uh, over the coming years of his contract, but you also are not going to pay those first round picks that that you would have paid, and that's not a huge sum of money. I think those guys probably make what six to eight million dollars a year, maybe less than that if you're picking in the 20s or whatever. But like the 49ers roster is ready-made, maybe with the exception of a couple spots. You could say they could use a cornerback, um, and they could use another pass rusher and all that, but they still have nine picks in this draft. They only gave up number 12 to move up to number three, and all the other picks that they gave up in the trade were were in future years, so they could still replenish the roster in a way that um, sets them up to, to be a little bit deeper in 2021. So I, I think, you know, I think they did a pretty good job from that standpoint. It is a lot to give up two future first-round picks. But to me, it also says the 49ers would have given up three for Deshaun Watson had he been available and not dealing with these um, these legal issues that he has. Um, and now, too, like, and I mentioned to this to you guys in the text thread, all this financial flexibility that they're going to have because of this trade, like, it means they probably could have kept a Forrest Buckner. Right. Because that was the issue was, you know, they didn't want to pay to Forrest Buckner and instead they paid Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward. And but now it's very clear that they could have made that happen. So that's something, you know, that that revisionist history isn't going to reflect well on. But on the Garoppolo thing. I think Field Yates made made an interesting point um, on NFL Live today when when I was watching and and combing over Mac Jones tape, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but he said if the 49ers were so intent on trading Jimmy Garoppolo, they probably would have been aggressive to make that trade already. Um, you know, be, maybe back in February or you know two week two weeks ago when the or a week ago when the league year started, because you know with all of the with all the quarterback movement there's been. Um, there's there are just fewer teams that need a quarterback now. So they're, the the trade market isn't as robust for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm sure the Patriots would be interested, but they probably wouldn't have signed Cam Newton if they had a real idea that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be available. And maybe the Bears don't give Andy Dalton $10 million to, to be the top quarterback on their depth chart if they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo. So I do think, as much as everybody wants to assume that Jimmy Garoppolo's out the door, I think it's a really good point to say, there's never been a rookie quarterback to start in a super bowl and i think it, it might be unfair to the locker room to say hey we have super bowl expectations but instead of a veteran who's who's experienced that with you guys before we're we're just going to rely on a rookie and you know we're just going to throw him to the wolves in a season where you're probably not going to have an off season program that rookie isn't going to hit um hit, hit the practice field until august to, to actually do football things. They'll probably do a conditioning pro- program ramp up like they did last year. So to me, it makes a ton of sense for them to keep Garoppolo for now and just see what they have because they have all this financial flexibility now and they don't have to move off of that money, which is, which seems like it's it's such a big talking point when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo's future.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing, the idea that they they need this cap space to go out and do all these things. First of all, There's not a lot of guys out there that are worth big money, and if they were, they would already be signed most places. So even if they do have a few more additions they want to make, they can still do that. They have the cap space right now to do that. They don't have to free it up right now. And and you can say, okay, well, wouldn't you want to have that for next year? Well, yeah, you're probably still going to get it next year. And actually, in fact, it will be a little bit more. Uh, freed up cap space next year. I think it goes up to 25-point-something next year uh, if you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, which is you know the expectation that they would do it after this season, after whatever whatever quarterback they would bring in will get an opportunity to come in and learn for a year. The only other thing, Chris, that's really going to cost big money I, I, that I foresee for the Niners in the near future is an extension for Fred Warner, and I think the way that they're set up right now, again, is in a way that they could still do it. Right now, they could sign Fred Warner to an extension. They have enough cap space to make that happen and, and you know, even boost number up a little bit over what it would be this year if they wanted to do it that way. So, I don't think that they're cap strapped in the way that people thought they were going to be, and I know that maybe people are still thinking they are because going into the offseason it seemed that way, and I get that. I certainly understand that, but I don't I don't think the 49ers are in a position where they have to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're in an, actually a favorable position where they can keep him for at least a year, see what he does. Maybe he rebuilds his trade value in a way that makes him extra valuable and you end up giving up less overall draft capital than you thought based on what you get back for him and that's that's a risk i think that they're probably willing to take and one that's probably worth taking because they're already taking a huge risk in doing what they did the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed marketplace breaks it all down. So you don't have to listen to marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's move the conversation to what we're going to be talking about now for the next month. Basically straight is where we're, every single quarterback prospect uh, at least the top five guys are going to be dissected over and over again, um, to the point we're probably going to be nauseous by the time that the pick is actually made. But I, I think it's a really interesting discussion because they're so these prospects are all high level prospects, and they're also different. And when you look at what Kyle Shanahan wants. You know, is 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 it really clear cut in terms of what he wants? Does he already know which guy he wants to get, or is going to be available at number three? Um, is there is something weird going to happen where the Jaguars decide that Zach Wilson might be a better fit for them than than Trevor Lawrence, and and does that change things for the Forty ers at all? Picking at number three, do they already know who the Jets are taking at number two? I I think they probably have a pretty good suspicion. Um, That it's going to be Zach Wilson or Lawrence if he falls. So that put those guys aside. And I think we would both agree that Wilson and Lawrence would be excellent for the 49ers and the 49ers would have no problem taking those guys. They, They made this trade knowing that, you know, one of the guys that they like is going to be available, which probably means they like multiple guys. And that leaves Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance, most likely. And like I said, a lot can change. Weird things happen. You know, Baker Mayfield went first overall when when a lot of people assumed that would be Sam Darnold, right? Um, So it's really fascinating because you start to hear a lot of people who are especially plugged in with the 49ers talk about Mac Jones. Who coming into this draft process, or at least the final month before the draft, was somebody that the the public and I guess draft media isn't over the moon about like a lot of people think well you know he can make sense for the 49ers at 12 if he's there Um, he's a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo very similar you know quick release accurate over the middle of the field quick processor things like that he would make sense for the 49ers at 12 and then after this trade happens you see people like Mike Silver and Chris Sims talk about Mac Jones and how good of a pick or how the 49ers are seriously considering him at number three, and it really makes you raise your eyebrows. Either, you know, the general public and everybody outside the NFL scouting community it has been completely wrong about Mac Jones, or there's, you know, there's a smokescreen going on and it's just kind of fodder that the 49ers might be putting stuff out there. Um, I don't really think they have any reason to, you know, to, to lie, I guess, put out a smokescreen because it 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 seems like quarterbacks are gonna go one two, so ultimately it doesn't really matter what what their messaging is through the media, I think um, unless yeah you know, unless you know if maybe they maybe they are saying they want Jones because they want a team that wants jones to to trade with the Jets and take Jones at number two. so you know Wilson falls to that. maybe that's their plan. but I just find it fascinating that jones is is somebody that people like Sims and silver. Um, And Adam Schefter said he could not be ruled out either. Um, That, you know, that Mac Jones might be the pick when a lot of people thought that going into this or before this trade happened, that Jones might be somebody they'd consider taking at 12. And watching Jones, it makes sense why he would fit. But I think you could quibble about the upside of Jones versus Garoppolo versus somebody with a different skill set like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Just... What what is your take on sort of just those three guys and how they may or may not be fitting in the context of how the 49ers are maneuvering through all this?
1: Yeah, it is it is really fascinating and that's the thing that's going to play out over the next few weeks and going into the draft that we that we've talked about there's two big questions that pressing questions that come out of this, right? It's one, what happens with Garoppolo and two, who is the quarterback that they're targeting and I think you make a good point. I'm I'm actually someone who is, I like Mac Jones. I, what I've watched of him, I've I've been very impressed. I think he adds a deep ball element that the 49ers don't have. I also think that he is um, probably the most similar to the guy that they do have, and you can look at that either either as a positive because if you say, hey, this is a guy who's similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, but he he can he can be healthier and he can give us the deep ball element that we that we don't get from Garoppolo that maybe that's what they're looking for is just a better version of what they have. But I don't know that you make that move, a bold move like that, up to number three for a guy who, you know, might just be a little better than what you have. You know, I think Mm -hmm. when you start talking about the idea of what you're trying to get when you go up to number three is you're looking for a a franchise-altering quarterback. And and I think uh, certainly I think if Zach Wilson were to somehow be there at number three, I think he would have to be... The guy, at least in my opinion, he he makes a ton of sense in their offense and, and for what they want to do. And and then I, I think Justin Fields and Trey Lance both give you that element of you know uh, element that is explosive that you don't have that can give you elements that you don't have within the offense. And uh, I know I just said the word element a bunch of times, but <laughs> I, I, I I I I just think that they're, they're in that position where. If you're going to make that kind of a move, you need to be taking a big swing on a guy who gives you tremendous upside because the whole idea of this whole thing is to go get a quarterback who keeps you competitive for the long haul. That's the one way to sustain success, and that's the one thing John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have said over and over since they got here. It wasn't just about trying to win a Super Bowl. It was trying to get to and win multiple Super Bowls over a long period of time. That's everyone's goal, right? But the easiest path to do that is to have a franchise quarterback. And the other thing that I would add to that, when you're sitting here talking about if the plan is to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and have him next year, and that's what the Niners are saying right now. Again, that could be misdirection. Maybe they get an offer. There's other things that could play into it. But let's just assume that's the case. If you're bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo next year and you brought in Mac Jones, is Mac Jones the kind of guy that really has to sit for a year? I I, I mean, I, I think he probably is, but I think that the other guys are the guys that you would want to sit for a year and build them up for for that year so that when they're ready to start they would be ready to roll at a much higher level than anything Mac Jones might give you. If that if that makes sense, I, you know what I mean? I think yeah, I think yeah. the ceiling on Mac Jones is closer to where he is right now versus the other two who probably need that year to to really get their feet under them and be successful in the NFL.
2: Yeah, and and I think, you know, what you're getting from Mac Jones would be a player that is very polished just, just as a passer, right? Like he functions really well within the pocket. He he does those really subtle movements in the pocket to ev- evade pressure, keep his eyes downfield, keep his platform underneath him. So he's making good throws. He's really accurate. Um, he's got that quick release. He's very much the classic pocket passer you think about. But when you compare him to Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and, and Lance is not somebody I've dug into all that much yet, and I and I'm looking forward to doing it, but you know, watching Fields at Ohio State, he's not as polished as as Jones when it just comes to those very subtle pro style quarterback things. But he still is very accurate. I know Pro Football Focus keeps harping on how accurate um, Justin Fields is. He is very accurate. He might be a little bit more deliberate in his progressions, but he also has that athleticism where you talk about off-schedule plays, right? Like the initial play breaks down, and that's what Russell Wilson was so good at early in his career. And it was it was it it seemed like so much of his success happened outside the structure of the offense where he would, you know, make a read or two and then escape the pocket, make a throw on the run, or be able to pick up a first down with his legs. I think Fields gives you the best combination of, of both, particularly if you can develop him for a season because, you know, adding that that running element from a quarterback and we even saw it with the Chiefs against the 49ers in the Super Bowl with some of those weird you know there were a handful of fourth and one fourth and short plays in that Super Bowl where the Chiefs were able to utilize Patrick Mahomes athleticism whether it be his own read or boot action or whatever and it's not to say Patrick Mahomes is some elite athlete I mean he is an elite athlete but from a quarterback perspective he's not Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson right so you can still add that element and I think you're more likely to have that guy with Fields because of just the pure athleticism, right? The throwing on the run, all the boot action stuff that Kyle Shanahan likes to do. To me, Justin Fields has more upside, but I think watching Mac Jones play, and I'm very curious to see how Trey Lance enters this discussion when, you know, when watching him a little bit more, but but Jones, like you said, and like is just very similar to Garoppolo in that I think the offense would look largely the same. Um, you might just be getting an enhanced version of that. And maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan wants, but I'm inclined to think it's going to be a really interesting discussion if the 49ers haven't already made this decision in their minds. But I think the versatility and the upside and all the different dynamics you can add to the offense with Fields' athleticism makes the decision really difficult. If you think Jones can be like the best pure pocket passer in this class, that's not Wilson, Wilson or Lawrence.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we're also talking about guys here going into an off season that still has some uncertainty to it. I want to put a fine point on that too, because that goes into the Garoppolo discussion as well. And What's the one thing that everyone kept saying about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in the past few years? It was, oh, this is going to be his first full year as a starter. Oh, this is going to be his second full year in the Shanahan system. You know, we kept getting these different things of like, oh, this is going to be the thing that takes that for, for Jimmy Garoppolo that, that ascends him to the next level. Well, if you're going into another offseason now where they could just have virtual offseason stuff, I mean, it's very possible that it's, everything's going to be – I mean, Trent Williams kind of indicated that to us the other day. I think he let that slip towards the end that the expectation yeah, yeah. Is, is they're not going to have on-field work this spring. Well, do you really want to throw a rookie quarterback out there with only his only on field training in a Kyle Shanahan offense is in training camp. I, I don't know that they would want to do that. I, I think right. that is a I think that's a really dangerous Thing to put, and again, it'd be different if they didn't feel like this was a roster that could contend. If they were like, hey, we just have to take our lumps this year and we'll look forward to 2022. But with all those different variables that you put in the pot, uh, especially in the case of a, a guy, and the other thing with Mac Jones, I will say this, and I don't want to just put a cap on his ceiling because I do think he can be a good player. He didn't have a lot of starting experience either, though. You know, him, and, right. him and Trey Lance both have very limited starting Experience at the college level, and, and of course, Lance is at, is at a lower, much lower level. But uh, nonetheless, that point remains. So, those are all factors that have to play into this. And so, if you keep adding it up, what is the thing that makes the most sense for the 49ers Well, if they're going to have to wait a year anyway, or if their plan is to wait a year anyway, maybe you start leaning more towards the guy with the super high ceiling, although his floor his floor might be a little bit lower.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to to now diving into quarterbacks and having a uh, a really clear idea on what the what direction the 49ers are gonna go in because I'm thrilled. We, I
1: spent the last four weeks watching defensive linemen and cornerbacks and wide receivers, <laughs> and so yeah. If, any, if if anyone needs intel on those guys or my opinion, hit me up cause, because yeah. the 49ers doesn't matter anymore.
2: Yeah, I th- I've, I've become somewhat of a quitty pay expert in the last uh in the last week or so, and I you know I was I I was planning on writing the scorching hot take that I think Pay would make the most sense for the 49ers at, at 12 at some point. But now it seems like um, uh, we'll be going a different direction. Well, in, I was trying to from, talk
1: myself, as you know, into Devontae Smith falling to 12 and the, why the 49ers should take him there. I was I was yeah. going yeah. to come with that heat for everybody. So uh, <laughs> uh, consider, consider disaster averted for the listeners and readers here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so any, uh, any early prediction on what, what – which quarterback you think it's going to be? I, I just, if you if you really held a gun to my head and made me choose, I would
1: lean towards fields. Um, and, and I know there's a little bit of history there that Kyle Shanahan worked with him at the QB Collective, which is something they do in the offseason with young quarterbacks to try to get them, you know, the skills and the technique and the fundamentals down and, and all those kinds of things. So I think there's a little bit of history there. I, I don't know that, though. I, I really don't say that with a whole lot of confidence. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, there's people who are, pretty tight with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers who are saying Mac Jones is a very real possibility. Um, I think fans would probably be disappointed in that, but I I do think Mac Jones is a good player, and I do think he's probably being undervalued um, by the public and by the media. He's probably a guy that teams like better, and in, in fact, I would say I talked to somebody recently who told me they felt like the top five quarterbacks would all be gone within the top eight or nine picks. So yeah, that just yeah. kind of gives you an idea that they, even he might not have fallen to the Niners, and maybe that's why the Niners were okay moving to into the top five because they would have been good with any of those guys. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that, and I think that's a dangerous way to do business. Is all oh, we're good with any of these guys? They need to be convicted on at least one or two of those guys uh, who are going to be there. And so my, my, you know, my, my prediction as we sit here right now would probably be Fields. But again, I say that with. With not a whole lot of confidence, just kind of based on reading the tea leaves and and what I think the upside might be and what he could do in terms of elevating the offense to the next level, which I think is what Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is ultimately looking for in this situation.
2: And, and maybe it's a Jedi mind trick, right? Maybe they're letting the world know that they want Mac Jones. So Robert Sala and and Mike LaFour with the Jets are like, wait, what are we missing? The, the guy, the guy who who made us what we are wants Mac Jones, like. Maybe we should take Mac Jones, and then the 49ers end up with uh, with Zach Wilson. Maybe that happens. But the Jag,
1: Get the Jaguars to somehow fall in love
2: with Zach Wilson and, and get Trevor Lawrence out of the deal. Now you're really talking. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so um, it's going to be fascinating. I now know what I'll be spending uh, the majority of, of the next four weeks doing, which is going to be grinding tape in the lab, i.e. watching YouTube clips about these quarterbacks and – and trying to gather as much info as possible, and I'm sure Nick, you'll be doing the same thing. Um, but thank you so much for sp- spending uh, your Friday afternoon with us on a, on what's been a a surprisingly very busy day. And uh, hope you enjoy your weekend, man and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: yeah and I guess I guess now we know why like, how Shanahan and John Lynch wanted to wait till next week to speak to us so that's uh, true so we, we, that's we, true. They, they they will they will be inundated with quarterback questions, but they will be far different than the ones that we had originally intended but there's still still a whole lot to talk about for those guys so it's gonna be fun to hear from those guys man. yep, definitely thanks, Nick. we'll talk to you soon.